Hello listeners, welcome back to another podcast of Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Let's start. Rockstar Problems In 1983, a talented young guitarist was kicked out of his band in the worst possible way. The band had just been signed to record a deal and they were about to record their first album. But a couple of days before recording began, the band showed the guitarist the door. No warming, no discussion, no dramatic blowout. They literally woke him up one day by handing him a bus ticket at home. Bus ticket home. As he sat on the bus back to Los Angeles from New York, the guitarist kept asking himself, How did this happen? What did I do wrong? What will I do now? Regard contract didn't exactly follow the sky, especially for Rikus. Upstart metal bands? Had he missed his one and only shot? But by the time the bus hit Los Angeles, the guitarist had gotten over his self-pity and has vowed to start a new band. He decided that this new band would be so successful that his old band would forever regret his their decision. He would become so famous that they would be subjected to decades of seeing him on the TV. Hearing him on the radio, seeing posters of him in the streets and pictures of him in magazines. They would be flipping burgers somewhere, loading vans from their shitty club gigs. Fat and drunk with their ugly wives and he had been rocking out in front of the stadium crowd live on television. He would bathe in the tears of his betrayers, each year wiped dry by each year wiped dry by a crisp, clean hundred dollars bill. And so the guitarist worked as if possessed by a musical demon. He spent months recruiting the best musician he could find, far better musicians than his previous bandmates. He wrote dozens of the songs and practiced r- Religiously, his seething anger fueled him, fueled his ambitions. Revenge became his muse. With a couple of years, his new band had signed a record deal of their own, and a year after that, their first record would go gold. The guitarist's name was the Dave Mustang, and the new band of he formed was the legendary heavy metal band Megadeth. Hamadadat would go on to sell over 25 million albums and tour the world many times over. Today, Stein is considered one of the most brilliant and influential musicians in the history of the heavy metal bass, metal music. Unfortunately, the band he was kicked out of was Metallica, which has sold over 180 million albums worldwide. Metallica is considered by the many to be one of the greatest rock bands of all times. And because of this, in rare intimate interview in 2003, Adirfil Mustain admitted that he couldn't help but still consider himself a failure. Despite all that he had accomplished in his mind, he would always be the guy who got kicked out of the Metallica. We are apes. We think we are all sophisticated with our toaster ovens and designer footwear. But we are just a bunch.
But we are just a bunch of finely ornamented apes. And because we are apes, we... We instinctively measure ourselves against others and we are for status. The question is not whether we evaluate ourselves against others, rather the question is by what standard do we measure ourselves? Dave Mustang, whether he realizes it or not, chose to measure himself by whether he was more successful and popular than Metallica. The experience of getting thrown out of his former band was so painful for him that he adopted success relative to Metallica as the metric by which to measure himself and his music career. Despite taking a horrible event in his life and making something positive out of it, Mustaine did and Megadeth. His choice to hold on Metallica's success as his life-defining metric continued to hurt him decades later. Despite all the money and fans and the accolades, he still considered himself a failure. Wow. Now you and I may look at Dave Mustaine's situations and laugh. Here's this guy with the millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of adorning fans, a career doing the things he loves best, and still he's getting all VP-eyed that his rock star buddies from 20 years ago are way more famous than he is. This is because you and I have different values than Mustaine does, and we measure ourselves by different metrics. Our metrics are probably more like, I don't want to work a job for a boss, I hate, or I would like to earn enough money to send my kids to a good school, or I would be happy to not wake up in the drainage ditch. And by these metrics, Mustaine is widely, unimaginably unimaginably successful by but by his metrics be more popular and successful than Metallica he is a f failure our values determine the metrics by which we measure ourselves and everyone else Onoda's values of loyalty of Japan Empire is what sustained him on Lubang for almost 30 years but this same value is also what made him miserable upon his return to Japan. Mustaine's metric of being better than Metallica likely helped him launch an incredibly successful music career, but that same, but that same metric later tortured him, in spite, tortured him in spite of his success. If you want to change how you see problems, you have to change that you value and or how you measure failure success. As an example, let's look at another musician who got kicked out of another band. His story easily echoes that of the Dave Mustangs, although it happened two decades earlier. It was 1962 and there was a buzz around an up-and-coming band from the Liverpool, England. This band has funny haircut and even funnier name, but their music was undeniably good and the record industry was finally taking notice. There was John, the lead singer and songwriter Paul, the boyish-faced romantic bass, pl bass player, George, the rebellious lead guitarist player, guitar player, and then there was the drummer. He was considered the best-looking of bunch. The girls all went wild on him, and it was the, his face that began to appear in the magazines first. He was the most professional member of the group too. He didn't do drugs. 
He had a steady girlfriend. There was even a few people in the suits and ties who thought he should be the face of the band, not John or Paul. His name was Pete Best. Pete Best and Pete Best. And in 1962, after landing their first record contract, the other three members of the Beatles quietly got together and asked their manager, Brian. Brian Epstein to fire him. Epstein agonized over the decision. He liked Pete, so he put it off, hoping the other three guys would change their minds. Months later, a mere three days before the recording of the first record began, Epstein finally called best of his best of his office. There, the manager. Unremonously told him to piss off and find another band. He gave no reason, no explanation, no condolence. Just gave him that the other guys wanted him out of the group, so uh, best of luck. As a replacement, the band bought in some oddball named Ringo Starr. Ringo was older and had a big funny nose. Ringo agreed to get the same ugly haircut as John, Paul and George and insisted on writing songs about Octopus and submarines. The other guys said, sure, fuck it, why not? Within six months of the best firing, Bethlehemania had erupted, making John, Paul, George and Ringo arguably four of the most famous faces on the entire planet. Meanwhile, best understandably fell into a deep depression and spent a lot of time doing what, what an Englishman will do if you give him a reason to drink. The rest of the six the rest of the sixties were not kind to be well, the rest of the sixties were not kind to Pete Best but nineteen sixty five he had sued two of the Bill for slenders and all of the his and all of his other musical project has had failed horribly. In 1968, he attempted suicide only to be talked out of it but his, by his mother. His life was wrecked, but didn't have the same redemptive story Dave Mustaine did. He never became a global superstar or made millions of dollars, yet in a many way, best ended up better off than Mustaine. In an interview in 1994, best said, I'm happier than I would have been with the Beatles. What the hell? Best explained that the circumstances of getting kicked out of the Beatles ultimately led him to meet his wife and then his marriage led him to having children. His value changed. He began to measure his life differently. Fame and glory would have been nice, sure, but he decided that what he already was what he already had was more important, a big and a loving family, a stable marriage, a simple life. He even still got to play drums touring Europe and recording albums well into the 2000s. So, what was really lost? Just a lot of attention and adulation, whereas what was gained meant so much more to him. Those, uh, these stories suggest that some values and metrics are better than the others. Some led to the good problems that are easily and regularly solved. Others led to bad problems that are not easily and regularly solved. That's it. Thank you or listening this podcast. I hope you're going to enjoy it.